Three, two, one. Multi bars. Welcome back to the Thinking Butter Podcast. My name is Alex. My name is Jesse. Okay, Thick, T H I C C. And Butter, B U, but E R. What? E R. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, I have, I, I have a thought. I don't know why I always end up doing math on the podcast, but it's always a bad idea because I, it's, it's always <laughs> such a struggle. But I, I've looked at our old episodes recently. Uh-huh. And I made a realization about what the first real movie was that we reviewed. And what was it? The first two episodes were the best movie of 2018 so far. Oh, yeah, right. Wonderfully named. So far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but the first movie we reviewed, the first like feature film, was Venom. Oh, that's hilarious. And well, that's that was, just to show that we need to do the sequel, right? Uh, yeah, right. It's it's definitely Even if we don't want to. We have to. We have to. I haven't seen the trailer or anything, but I was in the theater the other day and saw a poster. And have you noticed how god-awful movie posters are now? Yeah, they're not like, great. Like, the thing that we're doing, same <laughs> Terrible poster. Yeah, like, let me look at awful it. Awful poster. Like, yeah. all, like, all the blockbuster movies are god-awful posters. Yeah, I feel like the biggest problem is it's just like it's like cluttered. Candyman, terrible poster. It's like it's like it's like let's just have the character on the poster, you yeah. know, with the title of the movie and a silly like tagline, you know. <laughs> the art of the movie poster is just so like god. Yeah. I liked uh Green Knight, which is you know, not really like yeah, the same as like in the Hollywood like genre. Not even that good either. I love the Green Knight poster. I think that one's sick. I guess I actually, cool. Which I kind of like the Green Knight. What are you talking about? I've liked all of the Green Knight. The I like one the that ones. I'm thinking of is like when you see him with his crown and the kind of silhouette. That yeah. one's really cool. But that the one that dope. I keep seeing where it's just the Green Knight like, lettering and he's just standing there with the axe. Like, that's I like just, that too. That I like, like that a, too. That was like a video game. I'm into it. I like it. I like the colors. I like the, I like I like the, the pose. Yeah, the colors are nice. <laughs> I love the font. You, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a... What was... Yeah, that Got is kind font. of like... <laughs> that's kind of a weak compliment. It's really stretching. Think about yeah. movie posters. That I watched a movie last night um, that was directed by Michael Mann that came out in the 80s. Yeah. We can look this up. Called Thief. Thief. Yeah, look look at the poster for that shit, dude. It's yeah. awesome. Like, I don't know, posters back in the day with all the Spielberg movies, you know, with the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars posters that were painted. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, that were made by, you know, Rick Struzan, who made all those iconic posters. Like, E.T., you know? Yeah, right. The posters aren't iconic anymore. Like, the last, like... like, iconic poster I can think of is, like, I don't, dude, I can't. I don't even go. I don't even go, man. I yeah. don't even well, go. 
Well, the Green Knight was the one is the most recent one in memory for me that was like so striking that made me want to see the movie. But I feel like well, I um, yeah, but I think that's a really important one you said. Back then, I believe trailers weren't necessarily a big deal. I might be wrong. Trailers probably weren't. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I actually don't know. Like, well, I don't, well, the difference. What you the point? The difference were probably a bigger deal. Yes. Let me because a that's like, oh, I want to see that movie. Well, now thing, you can see a trailer while you're walk, sitting while you're watching while you're waiting for another exactly, movie. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like the poster. I was. This is what I was kind of thinking about because the posters kind of turned into like almost like this obligatory thing yeah, now like because it doesn't happen, yeah. it's just like well we i could just watch the trailer but like right. back before we had like the mobile phones like you could only see trailers in the movie theaters really right. i think and, i don't even know uh, yeah really. i don't really know either but like yeah. posters you could post everywhere you know you see yeah. them like like down your stop like walk you're walking well, through town you see yeah, a movie exactly, poster right. or something yeah it was but I guess more thought went into the artwork. Same with video games, too, though. Like, you look at video game cover yeah. art, it's terrible. It might be worse than movie posters. Yeah. It's just like a guy with gun. Like, Bioshock yeah. <laughs> Infinite. Bioshock Infinite is an incredible game. The cover of that game is dog shit. It's just yeah. like Booker with a fucking shotgun. It's like, dude, yeah. you don't want to showcase the beautiful world of you know <laughs> what like you don't want to show any of that okay like yeah there's also less attention to the music album art too uh you know drake's new album being the most hot topic yeah, it's not about that i think yeah. like that's just starting to happen but i think i think people like gaga for example yeah all black cover i think that's more artistically that definitely has more of a you know, black covers have been around, you know, like, he's yeah. not the first one to do that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, like, the art of, yeah, I guess, I don't know, cover art to me is more, more important, is still relevant than the movie poster, I feel like. Yeah. But, but, but you're I, right, I mean, it's start, I, I mean, Drake's cover is fucking dog shit. I, I feel like, I feel <laughs> like, for me, it, it, album art is an interesting character because for me like i really the album art of something is something that i have like a kind of I love what's, the album art. what's the name of like the thing with uh where you see colors when you hear stuff do you know what i'm saying syn well, yeah. is that what uh, it's called i don't know i don't know i don't know it's something like synesthesia but yeah I, I feel I have like a like an experience like that where like I'm very influenced by the album heart based on like when I like think about songs like oh, when I think about yeah, like Neutral Milk Hotel which is like that is how everyone kind of thinks that's about how, it I'm sure like I think that's what you want to like yeah, I mean if you right. think about if you think about all of the most iconic album covers let's just talk recently okay uh, the Flower Boy cover for example. Um, which I think is probably one of the most iconic album covers of the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Um, it, it literally, like we were saying, it look it, it, that's what the music sounds like, you yeah. know? Like, it sounds that summery kind of feeling that, that album, the sound palette that album has. Like, yeah. that's, and same with Igor. I mean, if you look at the Igor, yeah. um, I think Igor might even be better than the Firewall. I agree. Which I, I agree. Perfectly, just that black and white image of Kyler looking the way it is, and that, like, kind of that, I'm looking at it right now, but that jagged, 
it's almost like a scrapbook almost, and he just put it on there, and yeah. that's what kind of that album feels like, you know? Like, it feels like, and you can't really describe it. It's just, you look at that album cover, you listen to Igor, you're like, yeah, this is, this is the world of the album, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I think the album cover is so goddamn important because it's the first thing that you see when you listen to music. And it's an image that is associated to the album that you're listening to. I think it's, like, really, really important. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope really, that I, artists don't lose sight of that. And I don't I th- really think that they are. Well, but, uh, what what I think what what just occurred to me is unlike the the movie poster, which is kind of becoming archaic in a way in what it in its mm-hmm. function in advertising, like the the function of it is not as useful anymore. Yeah, potentially with an album art, though, I could see where it's not. There is still like a really important function to it for advertising and the experience of it because people are still like really into it and not just like a niche kind of I'm obsessed with this way. It's right. like this adds to the musical experience. But I could see album art, which it already has, changing more and more yeah, to absolutely. be more fitting towards like the internet platform mm-hmm. because I can imagine things like really yeah. intricate and detailed album art not really being as effective anymore because we're yeah. watching it on so much smaller screens. Sure. So I mean I guess that you can make that argument with the certified lover boy cover. Uh-huh. I mean I while I think it is so awful, I mean <laughs> like if I'm looking at it as like a like not Cause I'm listening to the album, I fucking hate it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> like if you without the music and mind, I guess it would be kind of a more like an interesting cover in terms of what you're talking about, maybe like the internet age and kind of a minimal, the minimal like minimal aspect to it, and like the emoji art, which is kind of. I think it's garbage modern art. Like, it's really bad. I just think it's going to be dated in, like, five years. Like, yeah. Um, so I thought, it, I, I mean, I think Drake is going to regret that cover, like, pretty aggressively. Uh, yeah. Because I just think, because if you're going to I'm not a huge but his album covers are pretty, like, like, his early albums, like, Take Care and Nothing Goes the Same, those are iconic album covers. Like, you may not like the album or not, but they're iconic album covers. And, like, Certified Lover Boy, I guess it will be memorable. Memorable, to point. It's definitely, yeah. definitely memorable, but it might be looked at as ridiculous, you know? Yeah. It already it's is ridiculous, but... Right. It's interesting with music because unlike with film, which is a visual medium, music is an auditory medium. And when you're talking about stuff, usually Fantano, for example, Fantano's talking about music, but he always has the album art as a visual representation of what he's talking about. And that's kind of like an important piece with it. It's just like that's because we're like primarily visual creatures. When we're talking about music, we it's kind of important to have that visual piece to identify the music we're talking about. Like so I could name so many albums that I love that like like blog. I think Blonde, mm-hmm. like the album cover for that, is just, it's just, it's, it's so indicative of what that album feels like and to listen to. But there's, there's album covers that come out now that are just like the artist, just a cool picture of the artist, you know? Yeah. I'm way more into like the boldness of like a blog or, or Gaga, for example. The boldness to just have a black cover or, have just a image, you know, 
um, yeah. and, and Canadian on image. Um, well, yeah. Well, I think I th I think the like the thing that you're what, what, that you're talking about is like certified lover boy is sort of like an experience <laughs> in like what you're doing. I can't but the fucking yeah. <laughs> but like the difference between that and something like Donda or uh, Blonde is that like it's like the artist did work to find something. Kanye and Frank Ocean did the work. To find an album cover to right. represent what the album right. was, I mean, and I Certified Lover Boy is so obviously like yeah. pandering I mean, to what is popular. It's just like a meme. Yeah. Or but what I will say is like I think Drake is smart in the sense of like the Certified Lover Boy thing. He's obviously playing into his persona and sure. playing into this kind of this persona that he has, you know. Um, yeah. So it, the cover I think is supposed to be ironic. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> but it still is stupid. Like, it just looks bad. Same with the, the name of the album, like, certified. Like, it's supposed to be ironic, but the problem is, well, I don't want to get into a certified lover boy review, but it's not that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking Drake album. Like, there's no real irony to be had on the actual yeah. music. So it'll be different if, like, for example, like, Think about someone like Danny Brown, who has this, like, such a great sense of humor in his music. Like, if he made an album called Certified Lover Boy, and that was the cover, I would be like, that's hilarious, because I know his music, and it's playing, like, before I even listen to it, I would be like, that's hilarious, that, he, that, that that's what the album's called. Because his persona is a jokester, you know? Yeah. But Drake is not that. Drake, like... Has a persona of it just comes off goofy and, and yeah. insecure instead yeah, that's, of uh, instead that's a really of good like point. I mean he's just a really insecure guy and, yeah. and it's like and I'm not even really a great fan and I know that you know just from the beef of Kanye and yeah. all that shit it's just it's just it's just so concerned with his image. It's interesting. It's interesting how we can. That's like a really fascinating point because I think you're really, a hundred percent correct. Because you can take the same information. It's not that the the album. Yes, the album art for Certified Lover Boy is kind of is is the closest thing to objectively bad that you can get. Mm -hmm. But like, there's a lot of like stuff like album art, like the Microphones album, like the glowing. That's an yeah. Like, Technically, that's a bad drawing, right? Sure. It's a not professional yeah. drawing, right. but it's a great album cover. Yeah. It's a, so amazing of right. an album cover. So it's not that like that has no business being an album cover. It's just, like that doesn't belong in our yeah. art form to have like something like that. It's just yeah. that it's more that well, Drake's a bitch, so it sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's all that like the context, you know. Yeah, it's like I would I mean, if the music was more ironic. Like there's this track on there called "Way Too Sexy." Which is horrible because it samples <laughs> that fucking um, too sexy for my shirt, too sexy like that shit. Oh really? It wow. samples that, um, and the song attempts to be ironic, but I think it ends up not being. Like it ends yeah. up being kind of just corny. But so, but if say if like that song worked better, I think I would really be like, oh, okay, this is a pretty funny album cover. But call that like the context. 100%. Um, so, 100%. But I love album art, man. I mean, I, I wrote a, in college, I wrote a whole uh, 
paper about it. Did about you write about, was that, the, was that the one about, that you talked about death grips and radio? Yeah, I talked about like, death grips, Bjork, um, and David Bowie, who I love out oh, all, yeah. all their album art. I think Man, all their a... album art has amazing art. And I compared how each three of them use uh, their art, because death grips, you know, the way that these album art is kind of more on the, on the, um, on the microphone side where it's very like submersive and yeah. it's and it's uh it, it, it just uses kind of um well a lot of it is trolling i mean there's like there's a couple of their album art that literally is just it's fuck you fuck the music industry here's a like penis yeah you know <laughs> like they're out one of their albums literally exactly dick you know like, like dick yep yeah i mean so and same with uh like the year of the snitch like what in the hell is that i still am like perplexed by that cover <laughs> i love that album cover. me too it's it's a really striking image but it's like fucking insane yeah. um the thing so, the thing that's that's another great example in death grips death grips is so excellent with that because it's also it's that same kind of quality of like memeing and sort of using trash and not caring about it yeah but at the end of the day, you also know that Death Grips do care a lot because a lot. the album art works really well with yeah. the music. Like, there's a lot of intention behind well, also, it. Well, like, they, Death Grips are very old school in the sense of, like, you can't find any interviews with them. You can't find... Yeah. You don't even really get to... You don't know them... Like, in, in this age, we know everything about art, the artists in yeah. terms of, like, their personal lives and what they believe in, uh, which I think is stupid. Um... <laughs> I don't care what the weekend thinks about Trump. I don't care. Yeah. You know, he yeah. makes hot tracks. That's you know, all I care about. Um, and he's great at that. That's a bad example. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he thinks about Trump. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah. You know, but, up to that point, this is kind of a transition, but uh, I there was this I, – I got sidetracked. There's this one person who's a uh, a conjoined twin. It's this these two, two women, sisters. They – are conjoined twins so they have like two heads yeah. and they're they have like two internal systems and stuff and they're 22 years old and they've survived and they're having like this full life and it's like that's amazing i want to know more about this yeah. and then I, I was investigating this and i was like getting curious it's just like what is like their personal life like like can they have relationships and i was like investigating this and they got to a point that where they're just saying it's just like oh that's too personal and i was like the, my first reaction was like indignation it's just like but i want to know and then, yeah. then i like yeah. thought again yeah. and i was like what the fuck am I talking about? No, like, I mean, why I, would it be appropriate at all for me yeah, to right. know the personal life right. of this teen, like this twenty-two-year-old right. girl? It's right. like that's her personal business. Right. But I was like, what the fuck? I want yeah. to know what, like, no, yeah. what, what is her life like? Yeah, yeah. It's so I mean, weird. I mean, I mean, we want to know what lives are like of interesting people, and right. artists are interesting people, you know. So um, that's why they're famous. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but it's like if that if that girl if those girls didn't have like the you know the the discipline or like the the comfort yeah. in themselves to say I'm not talking about that, they could have gotten in a really shitty situation where they just like yeah. had all this uncomfortable personal. Exactly. That's happened right. over and over again with all of these people. Right. That, don't have experience of like just saying it's like no fuck off. Don't talk to. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how we even started talking about that. Oh, album arts and yeah. uh, celebrities <laughs> and things. It's a way I also think music videos are really important. I think yeah. 
Learning a good music video is like kind of lost as well, where I don't really yeah. think that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think like definitely in the 80s and stuff, it was a bigger deal. Yeah. Well, well like MTV, MTV was the. Yeah, right. MTV was like the thing that really yeah. made it so mainstream. And like, you know, music videos still blow up today, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the last one that really like I felt like they felt dark in terms of like a video was like this is america yep like when that came out it was like you gotta see the video the songs go you gotta see the video you know? yeah i've been i've been heard people say that like they didn't even like the song that much right which i think it's insane i think that's, I think that's dope it's, as fuck, insane but, too, yeah. but people said that all the time it's like right. i didn't really like the the song but the video cool. right dude. right yeah i mean so uh, that's cool in its own right, you know? Yeah. But when you make something that almost transcends the music, and it's yeah. just like this like, piece of art. That's kind of what Thriller was for a lot of people. Yeah, right. I mean, Thriller's right. a great song, but the video is just fucking... It's, it's Thriller. It's awesome. It's super yeah. iconic and amazing, you know? I, I feel... I don't know. I guess... I don't I don't really watch a lot of music videos, so I can't say no, that. But I don't like, think a lot of people do. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's just like... I don't know. Uh, Sean, actually, what's up, Sean? He said something that was cool because he was talking about, like, if he was, like, he would he would listen to a song, and if he's not connecting to it, he would go and watch the music video, which yeah. I think is a really smart thing to do because getting that visual perspective can really help you kind of, again, click yeah. and figure out, like, how to wrap your brain like, well, around I think it's it another example of creating the world of the album and the music. And yeah. if an artist actually cared, that would work, for example. Like, um, yeah. like Brockhampton, you know, if you listen to, you know, say you listen to Roadrunner, and you're like, this is a cool song, but if you watch the music video for Buzz Cut, I honestly think that you will get more out of it, because it really does paint a picture and kind of this, especially some of the more, like, hard-hitting tracks on that. Album, yeah. like just the world that they're trying to create, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's super important. You know, Kendrick Lamar, uh, when Kendrick Butterfly came out, had incredible videos for uh, that album. Not only did he have kind of traditional music videos like for All Right, which is a amazing video, mm -hmm. um, but he also had short films called uh, God Is Gangster. Uh, which is kind of a short film that you can check out, which I, I kind of want to mention because I don't think a lot of people have seen that. Yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of it. I yeah, it's have, fucking but... awesome. It's I would definitely recommend if you're a fan of that album, 100% watch that. It's like a 10-minute uh, short film, and it kind of goes through... It's like a These Walls plus New video plus Wesley's Carey video. That's it's awesome. It's kind of an amalgamation of that. And he made it to kind of represent, you know, the visual aspect of the album, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's super cool, but I think a lot of artists don't do that. But I also like, like, Charlie XCX has put out a, um, a song called Good Ones, which I thought was like, okay, the video is awesome. The video is yeah. fucking <laughs> crazy. Um, and so I like it when artists, like, go exit from the video, like, and just have crazy choreography and like that's always fun like little guys that's those great videos you know yeah people still watch them you know they definitely still get a lot of news on on youtube i think that's how a lot of people consume music um yeah 
I thought how I consume music. But I think people, right. I think a lot of people use YouTube to to listen to music. I know. Because why? I think you're why right. else would the would the um, training, like I saw, I was looking at the billion like videos that have a billion views, and like Katy Perry's last Friday night has a billion <laughs> views. Like what? <laughs> so it's like, because people are listening to a song. You know? Yeah, yeah. Over Not, and over again. Like I gotta see, I gotta see this video again. You know, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, um, your typical <laughs> cop video, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting because I feel like maybe the reason why, well, just you know, there's probably two reasons why it seems like there's so many much, so much better music videos or posters in the past is because we're cherry picking like the the iconic ones. One, but the other thing too is like the is the, the the fact of when things are relevant to the success of the art piece there's going to be a lot more like people more people are going to try harder to make it good so something mm -hmm. for like a poster or like a music video you you don't have to work that hard to make it acceptable or function in the purpose that it needs right. to you know exactly right and right. and but if it was on MTV, then more people are going yeah. to try to make it. It's just like, don't change the channel. Yeah, like, watch point. my shit. Yeah, that's so, a great point. Yeah. And I, f I feel like... I feel like yeah, because like, you're right. I think, like, back then it was, like, important. Because this is how MTV is most likely the first time that they were going to be exposed to the song. Right. So now right. it's not that. It's probably going to be through a viral meme or TikTok. Yeah. Or, you know, just hearing the song, you know. This is almost, it's almost like bonus content now. Yeah, it's just right. like, you get the song, you get like the meme and all the advertising around it, right. and a music video, because uh, that's I, what you do. <laughs> I also think that um, Tyler um, perfected that, because his videos are only a minute long, and yeah. he makes like tons of them. For like this yeah. new cycle, he made multiple one minute uh, videos for the different songs. Um, and I think, like, he understands the bite-sized content of posting that on Instagram. And, and more people are willing to watch that and be, like, engaged by the really amazing visuals in the song and go listen yeah. to the song. He's kind of pushing you to go listen to the rest of the song, you know? Um, which is an interesting decision, I thought, I think. Yeah, also, that's the way really he marketed decision. that. Too, where he would, he made a, you know, for the song, What's Your Name, he made it like a, it was like a 30 second or 45 second teaser video, and that was it. Yeah. You know, and then the song came out. You know, so it's like he's making videos as teasers almost to the, to the song that's not right. out yet. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's a, I'm actually, I, I feel more optimistic about it because, you know, the, the argument. Oh, they're still around, you know, music videos are still. Right. A thing and around. I just don't know, like, they're like you can have a successful song and not have a video. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Right. And that that is a that is a difference now. That's yeah. that's different than how it used to be. Right. I, I I'm more. I feel like the the argument towards like the boomer mindset, if you will, is <laughs> that it's just like the attention. Our attention span is dwindling, and we're just not going to have like the interest to stick with something like yeah. a full length album or things like that. And I think that, yeah, our, our opinions are changing where the album doesn't like function in the same way. But I think it's, I don't know. I think it's changing in an interesting way because yeah. like, Tyler doing that kind of advertising, like these 30 second minute long videos, it's like, 
it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like the movie, it feels like then like long form movies or albums have like more of a purpose, you know, yeah. it's not like the same thing, like over and over again, where it's like the one thing It's like, you have all these iterations on the same theme and you have like the 30 second videos, then you have like the music long form videos and right. then you have, it's yeah. like, I don't know. And it's like, that's, it's cool. It's a cool thing that that stuff like that can happen because yeah. the internet's so flexible and just allows for all forms of content. Well, it's cool and stuff. to see like, artists like evolving too because we definitely have sort of Texas fans our generation 100 percent does um yeah. and, and so it's interesting to see just artists like evolve to that and like see how they're gonna market their music and market an album you know like um i don't know i mean kanye it didn't really take off but i thought i thought this was gonna happen but it didn't but when he was making you know that 2018 Wrong where he put out, you know, Andrew's kid too, but they're like less than 30 minute albums. Yeah. They're like, yeah. And I thought that that was going to take off, and I'm happy that it didn't. Um, it seems like the albums are still uh, long um, <laughs> and sometimes too bloated, but that's because of the streaming world. You know, Certified right. right. Boy in Wow did not need to be 90 fucking minutes. Wow. Like, it doesn't oh, have... Man. 90 minutes? Dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. we, we know what you're doing. Like, yeah. I I really like Gonda quite a bit. Did not have to be an hour and 25 minutes. You know? Yeah. I think that went more than Certified Lover Boy, like, justified its length. But, yeah. like, dude, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's just... Don't do it. I mean, Kanye, to me, seemed there was more of a artistic choice to do that, but Certified Lover Boy was, to me, completely like, you know, filler. More streams, baby. People are going to listen to it more, you know? Right. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it is sad because, in a way, it would be better if people were just willing to do the shorter albums because that's like it's probably like there's 30 minutes of good content in these Dude, bloated long make, albums I, I don't know I'm not a music marketer so it might be might be the better mood to put more songs in your album and like get more streams you might get more money that way I don't know right but to me as a listener I don't like I guess people don't like I think I think people who listen to music it's like 50 50 I think they're Half of people listen, like to sit down and listen to an album front to back, like, like you know. But I think the other half is kind of like, oh, who's on? Like, I'll, you know, on Drake album. Oh, I like Little Baby. I listen to the one with Little Baby. Or oh, I like Kygolasan. I listen to the one with Kygolasan. You know, they don't, they don't care to like track one to track twenty. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but to me, like, it just seems like if you make, like. And I think this is obviously been perfected, but like 45 minute albums, you know, uh-huh. of all killer, no filler. And it's just like, <laughs> but I think those albums are super successful because every song is great. Every song yeah, is great. Will want and to you want to, to go it. from start to finish. Yeah. And I think that's what Kanye is like experimenting with, with like the Daytona and the, like, how short can we make an album? You know? Yeah. Like, can yeah. we make it? It's like seven tracks. That's it. And, and some work better than others, you know, Kinsey Ghost completely felt like a cohesive album, but yeah, did definitely feel too short, you know? Yeah. Daytona, yeah. I thought, was definitely all killer, but I definitely wanted more, you know? 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was an interesting experiment to see if, like, and they, I don't know. I don't know how much money Pusha T made off that album or how many streams that album got. I don't know if it worked or not. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, I would be really, it'd be really curious to look at because it, it is kind of surprising because your own experience is, you know, surprisingly biased, um, yeah. most of the time, which is not, you know, that's no surprise how biased your own experience is. But it'd be cool to look at, like, to see these numbers and break it down to see, like, how much of these reasoning is because I, I would lean towards some reasoning for something like Drake because of my preconception of him being egotistical right yeah. egotistical and a little ins insecure well it's like, the reason... I mean, like it's every artist goes shit like that i mean Absolutely. all the top yeah. artists are releasing like long ass albums not only are they releasing long ass albums they're releasing deluxe albums you yeah, know right. now that like there's the album will come out and like two months later there's a deluxe version with more tracks you know um yeah. and like it's just uh it's just the way of, and like you know, I don't know, like, it's, sometimes, like, it can work, like, you know, if I'm a big fan, like, if Tyler announced tomorrow that there's going to be a deluxe for Tyler if you get lost, I would be excited as shit, because it's yeah. more Tyler music, you know? So, yeah. I don't know, maybe, if you're a really good fan of Drake, I think you're happy that you get, you know, an hour and a half of material, I don't know, but, uh, yeah. but it depends yeah. on who you, you know, are. The other, the other factor about all of this is like the newness factor where people yeah. just like, you have to, you have to, so you have to, it seems like you have to balance, like get this balance of constantly putting new shit out because that is like what people want. That's really what people interested in, but not yeah. oversaturating it exactly. either right. because you want it yeah. to be like, you want people to essentially get bored, you know, well, get you want bored people and want to more. like have like when you release an album, it's like a it's an experience it's like wow we waited you know yeah two years for a drake album or a frank ocean album or you know kendrick you know like you want to make it an event if, yeah. you're, if you're someone like that you know you'll get more yeah. streams that way i mean look at what look at the gonga rollout I mean, <laughs> the way he fucking just you know swindled everybody and then talking about his album week after week after week after week and then it worked yeah. that album is doing incredible numbers you know yeah so yeah i you know it'd be it'd also be interesting to look at to see because kanye has said things on the joe rogan podcast is where i heard him say this oh, he Jesus. was talking about how he did which <laughs> is a, a wild episode but he was he was talking that he didn't make money from the music anymore like he made like the minority of his money came from the actual music I believe so, that. so i i do too but but like the thing i'm thinking about is like it, it's kind of weird because it's like you might start seeing like if you look at the numbers that artists actually make more money during the marketing phase than they do once the album actually releases. yeah probably with like merch and things like that but i think like they also make money on touring i think that's how artists make their right. money like, right, primarily right, right. um but i don't know um, i don't know i don't know man. i don't know but it's I've always, I always, I, I, as a big music fan, I always love the rollout. <laughs> I always like uh -huh. how artists roll their albums out and yeah. like the different ways that they do it. It's just fun. As much as the Gaga rollout yeah. annoyed the shit out of me, it was a fun <laughs> ride. It was a fun ride. You know, yeah. I, I watched those live streams and it was really interesting to see the album 
take shape, you know, and, yeah. and watch it unfold. Like, it's very, it's an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's another thing about, like, context and presentation, too, because Kanye could have really fucked that up. Because if he, he did he something... Kind of, he always did. Yeah, because like, like, but... he he the way he executed it though is that he released an album that people are into, you know, that's yeah, like right. interesting. Right. So it's like, but if he didn't release it like Yandi or something, or right. you know, if it was anything else, like again, it could have been the we could be talking about it like we're talking about certified lover boy, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, I mean yeah, it had to be good, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, imagine if you put it out and it was like complete like I was almost convinced, like, towards the end of it, that I was like, he's going to put out this album, and it's going to have no songs that we heard at this listening party. Yeah. And it's going to be, <laughs> like, I genuinely thought that that's what it's going to be. But not only was it not that, he included every version of the, basically, he included every song, yeah. not really cutting down on songs. And the yeah. things he did cut down, he had to. For, yeah. for reasons like a feature didn't want to be censored for Andre 3000, for example. But, yeah. like... Andre 3000 was on, like, the listing parties, but not the album? Uh, well, he wasn't on the listening parties. There's a, there's a track called Life of the Party. Yeah. That uh, you heard, I think, at one of the listening parties. Um, but... Uh, Drake, <laughs> this is the whole story, but Drake and Kanye have a beef. Right. I've, heard about, I've heard a little bit about this. Uh, and Drake leaked Life of the Party featuring Andre 3000, mm. which is a really funny thing because that song is phenomenal. Like, yeah. I, and I don't know why Drake would leak a song that's, I think Nellon said this, he uh, released the song better than all <laughs> most of the songs on your album. Like, I don't understand why you do that. But yeah, Andre 3000 came out and made a statement. He's, he's an angel, a human being. But he came out and was like, hey, I just want to let you guys know that, like, I, you know, I. <laughs> Kanye being a weirdo, he, it's a censored album. Like, Kanye yeah. is censored. And I, I don't know if he told feature artists or even himself when he was recording the album, because. There's a lot of like he he. There's a lot of verses where Kanye is cussing and it's cut out, <laughs> and you're like, dude, like, <laughs> all right. And then so there's some verses on the album that are kind of completely like not that great because they say the N-word a lot or something, and so they bleep it out, and so it kind of like ruins the flow of some of the featured artists. But Andre being, you know kind of a purist and he only puts out a verse like once a year maybe yeah. on a song somebody's song so he and this verse was very very uh emotional it's it's tied to the song i i'm really glad it did not make the album because it's a the song more specifically about uh Kanye's mother and like the loss of his well it's like a song very very connected to that and yeah. andre's verse is about losing his mother so uh, it's this really beautiful track it's on youtube you find it it's fucking great but yeah uh andre's verse is censored and he didn't like it to be censored he didn't yeah. he felt like it took away from the, the his impact. verse 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he was like, hey, I don't really want this to be on the album in an uncensored version. Yeah. Um, so he came out and said that's why it wasn't on Gaga. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, even like Kanye, like, it seemed like he even, like, there were songs on the cutting room floor, but even then, there were 24 tracks, 24 core tracks. Yeah. So, I remember waking up and being like, there's 27 songs? Like, what the fuck? Granted, they're, like, part two of the other versions of the songs, but... Yeah, but still, like, I mean, they're still main songs. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that, was, that was shocking. Coming from a 30-minute... A bunch of 20 minute, 30 minute albums. Like, here's an hour and a half album. <laughs> That's Kanye, though. That is Kanye. Yep. Well, uh, should we talk about Shang-Chi? Switch yeah, to Shang-Chi. We're kind of, we're kind of, the podcast is sort of morphing a lot. There's a lot of episodes now where, like, the first half is music and the second half is movies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, it's what we're, those are like the two things we like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so this is a the full title of the movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's the title of the new Marvel picture. Um, <laughs> picture. I have not seen Black Widow, so this is my first Marvel movie back in the theater since Spider-Man. Same for um, me. And um, I, so I, like, why... I didn't know, like, anything about this movie. Like, I, I remember when it was, like, announced, like, years ago, and I completely even, like, forgot that it was even, like, a thing. And then, like, I remember seeing the one trailer and being like, that looks, like, okay. Like, wh mm -hmm. whatever. Forgot about it. And, I was, and then <laughs> <laughs> it came out. And it was starting to come out. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that's a Marvel movie that's coming out. I yeah. have no idea who Shang-Chi is. I don't know what these Ten Rings are. I had... It's not that I wasn't looking forward to seeing it. It was... I had, like, zero... Like, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And I don't even know who's in it. Yeah. Like, I don't even yeah, look, yeah. look up... Like, any, I just was like... Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and so that's how I kind of went into this movie. It was like... like Expectations literally at like zero, like not like not yeah. excited to see it, just like neutral. Like oh, let's see what this is. Yeah, yeah. I was dude, I was like pleasantly surprised by this movie. Like I think that this is one of my one of my favorite standalone Marvel movies in quite some time. Like uh, it is pretty cool and it's pretty unique in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's things about it that are not, that are my major problems with this movie that we'll obviously get into. But like, for the most part, I was really surprised of how much I enjoyed this. And yeah. how, like, cool Shang-Chi the character is. And I'm actually looking forward a lot to his involvement in the MCU later and the ten rings you know the post credit scene was really fucking cool and how the kind of the rings are going to be uh maybe incorporated in this next phase of marvel whatever is going to go on yeah that's pretty cool and um yeah so i was just right off rip i thought it was pretty 
fucking fun, man. I thought this was really fun. I had a yeah. lot of fun. I, I, I went in an almost an identical experience to how you just describe, which I kind of am thinking that a lot of people... I think a lot of people... I'm very happy that this movie is doing really well. I was yeah. worried that it wasn't because of, I don't know, maybe the audience and cast or, or something right. like that, the character, like, no one really knows. It's still cool. It still, like, makes me, like, really happy and have a lot of joy that Marvel can do something like this, like, something that is very weird, very out there, that no one really knows what it is or what it's about, and still make a lot of money and people go see it. Right. I like that a lot. I think that that is exciting, just in the respect that... They'll, they'll, they're taking, I mean, Marvel's great because they take risks, right? They, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, total risk. This was a total risk. Like, this could have completely flopped. And then the next movie that they're talking about, are Colonels, is another one. I have no yeah. idea what a Colonels is. No clue. Not, not at all of what that is. And so I'm excited to see it because it's new, you know? Um, yeah. And it's something that is new to the, to the MCU. But I it's think cool I... that people feel that way and they'll go see it, you know, regardless. I, 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 I thought this movie was also surprisingly great. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that one of the also, the interesting thing about this was how the, the timing of the pandemic, I think, really served this well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know, because it's not technically the first Marvel movie, but I feel like it is. I don't know how well Black Widow did. Did Black Widow, is Black Widow right. doing well? It did all right, yeah. But, like, for I think me, I know what you're trying to say. Like, Marvel movie in this next phase, right? In this yeah. next chapter of the MCU, is that what you're right. trying to yeah. Well, well, yeah, because, okay, but the, the point I'm trying to make, what it's going to make, is that, like, so this is the thing... When we when Marvel was coming out and it was fucking everywhere and everything up mm-hmm. until like Endgame, right? We, there was like a serious kind of Marvel fatigue yes. going on. Yes. And if this movie came out during that time period, I think sure, I don't yeah. think it would be yeah. significantly worse. But I would right. have missed the how good it, the yeah. good qualities sure. of sure. it because yeah. of how fatigued I was. Sure. And yeah. this coming out this time was such a serendipitous timing yeah. because it really gave a really like clean palette for everyone because they're mm-hmm. all like, familiar with Marvel enough but they wanted something new which is what this is this is completely yeah, right. not like like it's very different than yeah. a lot of Marvel films and what yeah, they've done is. before but it's totally still the Marvel a, formula a Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so the, t- the, so the timing is just like excellent in this yeah. like coming that's out that's a really good point yeah I didn't really think of that like, yeah it's definitely like cool that yeah, like when we had a year off of Marvel movies, and that yeah. you know, and that this, and you know, it, this movie like excites me in the way of like of where they're going with like this and the the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and Loki, which you should totally watch. It's a thing. yeah, I'm going to watch Loki. Loki is a fantastic show. It's one of the best things Marvel's ever done. Period. It's incredible. Oh sweet. Um, yeah, it's Super fucking happy awesome. To hear Loki that. is so awesome. happy to hear that. But not spoiling anything with that. The way that they're going is really weird and really exciting. All this interdimensional shit, different dimensions. It's starting to get fucking wacky. And that's exciting to me, you know? Like it was already kind of like, you know, Thanos was cool, but it was very like 
streamlined. It was easy to follow. You've got to get these rocks and <laughs> control all these. And it's really cool comic book plot, but I'm really excited, especially with Long and Doctor Strange's involvement in kind of the MCU as a whole, it seems like, that they're turning out to be, is super exciting to me. Because it yeah. just is bringing in the weird. It's bringing in the the magic, the, the you know, I, totally, I like, that's, that's my favorite. Doctor Strange is one of my favorite characters in the MCU, and it's one of my favorite movies in the MCU. So it was really exciting to see uh, not Doctor Strange, but the Doctor Strange universe in this movie, as well as the Far From Home trailer. So it seems like that Doctor Strange is going to have a big part in what's, what's coming forward, what's coming right. next. Right. Anyway, that's my first thing. Let's talk about Shang-Chi as a yeah, character. Yeah. Because I think, okay, first <laughs> of all, my favorite thing about this movie, 100%, the thing that like blew me away was, I gotta get his name right, the, the lead actor of this fucking movie. Oh, man. What's his name? He's a, his last he's name's not Liu. Not anything. Um, yeah, that's the thing that I, I was wondering about that. Dude. Yes, uh, Sulu Lu, I think that's what pronounce his name. Sulu. Yeah. Dude. He's, he's great. He's, he's so good. So awesome. Like, <laughs> he's charismatic as fuck. Dude, he's like, he's he's like a star. Like, I can see this guy being in tons of different movies and stuff. And it's just cool to see, like, a new kind of Asian, you know, movie star. That yeah, right. We're, I just was watching on Bold in front of me. Like, he's just so funny and so charismatic and so engaging in the action scenes. Which, I have not liked a Marvel movie for the action since, like, this much since, like, Winter Soldier. Like, yeah. the action of this movie is awesome. And it is, it is exactly what I fucking want out of, like, a movie, like a Marvel movie. It's like, the, my favorite Marvel movies are the ones that are over the top and kind of ridiculous and fantastical and insane. Yeah. And what this did was it took, you know, obviously inspiration from martial arts movies, you know, like Jackie Chan films and, and things like that, like, and, but like elevated it and made like, like martial arts, like overpower martial arts almost. And yeah. part of this reminded me of my favorite parts of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. Who the, the the actress, one of the yes, big actors yeah. from that. Exactly, yeah, movie. right. And uh, yeah, the action scenes are so much fun to watch. Like, yeah. they are so engaging. And how, like, just the rings were incorporated in those scenes and how the rings, like, you know, before I saw this, I was like, I didn't even think about, like, the rings. I was just like, what the hell are these rings? Pretty <laughs> fucking cool, apparently. These <laughs> things are sick. Like, the action with all of the, the, uh, the father, the, the villain zoo, uh, yeah. uh, like, all the stuff that he's doing with them. It's just all the choreography with the rings and was just so much fun. And it was filmed in a way that was it had this like 300 kind of slow-mo action but done in a really cool way and very like just kind of fun superhero way which i yeah. feel like 
Sugar Lolly is this. Like, yeah. like Capilano and some of these lesser Lolly movies, they just don't really take into account kind of, I don't know, just over-the-top action that you could go with these types of films. Do you know what I mean? No, dude, I I am a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent feeling that, and I think that, like, to put more words to what you're describing, I thought what was really cool about the action, which was really the highlight for me too, in addition to how strong the characters were, yeah, was yeah, yeah. because one of the things I don't like about some Marvel movies, kind of going under digression before talking about this point, anyways, is that sometimes there's like really good characters but there's a disconnect because like in captain marvel i actually mm-hmm. really like the story and the setting sure. and like the whole yeah. idea of captain marvel but there's such a disconnect in the way the action is filmed you know that yeah, it's like right and it, it, it makes it, it it's just kind of lame to me that and it's I just like i wish the action was sometimes better. like captain marvel is superman like she's fucking crazy you know she's yeah. super powerful and like you just don't really get the sense with that you know with her you know, some of the scenes of that movie, it just felt like they were just replicating, you know, uh, the Captain America action, you know? Well, yeah, and I and I feel like the other thing, too, that's really cool about Shang-Chi is that Shang-Chi has this idea of, like, it. it's the characters are characterized through their fighting, too. Uh-huh. Like, Shang-Chi yeah. has a way that he fights, right. his sister has a way that he fights, which yeah. is how... Why Winter Soldier so good? Because there's yeah. personality in the fight scenes. Well, Winter but Soldier a, and yeah, you know, and, yeah, Bucky and, and yeah, but yeah. but like and that's and also like the cinematography is really good. It's nice still, very Hong Kong action yes. film inspired yeah, exactly, cinematography, right. so that great. you can you can see what's happening. That's another like, thing. It's like some of the world movies don't have color, man. This movie has right. like, color. It looks like yeah. really nice to look at, and it just has like you know it it. Falls in the trappings of you know what most of them do is like too, maybe too much CGI, especially CGI environments towards the end of the film. But I think it hundred percent kind of maybe I would compare this to like Wakanda, you know, like just the kind of the other you know the kind of hidden world, you know, almost. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. And but I think that this movie did a pretty good job with the CGI, especially with like just the end sequences. But it's still. That's something that I wish that they maybe abandoned a little bit, is that maybe, like, just combining real environments with CGI better. Because sometimes yeah. it just feels like that you're watching it, like, they are in a giant blue room. And, right. and that's more towards the end of the film. Like, most of it is not like that. You know, you right. have these incredible, like, the train sequence, for example, which, or the bus sequence, which yeah. is... Phenomenal. So cool. It's so So great. It's so great. I love that scene. I mean, I immediately, when I saw that scene, I was like, I turned my friend, I was like, this movie is sick. Because, like, like, that scene was so much fun. And what made that scene so much fun is uh, the character, like, the character relationships that were going on in that scene. And Aquafina who I'm a pretty good fan. Like, I, when Aquafina is good, I find her to be really funny. And, uh-huh. uh, and she's also a really good actress. We haven't seen The Farewell. She's really, really good in that movie. Um, dude, I found her character to be super fun and really funny in this movie. And her relationship with Shang-Chi, 
um, I thought was incredibly sweet. And they could have made yeah. it like, and I love that it wasn't romantic. It was I do just too. Friends. I love that. I and love that. Their, their chemistry was, but like, it was, it was off the charts. Like it, yeah. Like the beginning, the beginning of this movie, seeing them kind of, you know, just be kind of these kind of like, you know, ballet. They just work ballet and they just <laughs> love to enjoy their life and just, yeah. you know, kind of just don't really have any aspirations in life, you know. Um, but like I just love, I just love their chemistry and during that bus sequence when he reveals himself and who he is, you're kind of, it's revealing to the audience who he is too. Because I didn't really know, like that's one of the things that I love for myself watching this thing and I didn't see any trailers. Cause I didn't know what I thought that he was gonna like at some point in the movie train, you know, to be Shang-Chi. Yeah. But that came out of nowhere. Like, you know, yeah. like that just came out of like, right, oh, right. Shit. It like really he, good. he already it is really good. like this badass dude. So it works in the sense of like the audience discovering how much of a badass this guy is, but also his best friend realizing how much of a badass he is, which is a major part, you know, their relationship is, is I would argue, the core of the movie, one of them, you know, as yeah. well as the, obviously the, the family drama. No, um, yeah, but, no, it, yeah, you're right. And I feel like the, the it's an important aspect, specifically with that bus scene, because the other scene that I think was but fucking phenomenal <laughs> was the scene when they're on the scaffolding on the oh building. Oh, my yeah, yeah. Mind incredible. blowingly good. Incredible. Which again, we can we can link to figure out like why is this so good? Great cinematography, idea for good choreography, yes. and a really cool setting with yeah, good right, characters exactly. too. Right. But like honestly, yeah. it, like, like that's and it's like that's normal. So, that's normal yeah. in a fucking nutshell, you know. That's just like that's what makes that's the formula that makes these movies work so well. Yeah, you know? but like, and so like the situation with the scaffolding, what you were talking about, like that film. Okay, so the new thing, so that that that's the scene with the scaffolding has a really awesome uh, like evolution of like the relationship between Aquafina and yeah. uh, Shang Chi because they uh, there's like this tension here of her like falling off. And like Shang Chi yeah, right. trying to get to them like through that, so that's yeah. a really great like bonding of their relationship. But the other thing about that scene, which I think is another real strength of his character, is how he keeps getting like he keeps getting like beat up and like failing and stuff. Right, like when exactly. he fights his sister, right. he right. loses to his sister. Right. When he's in, right. when he's on that scaffolding, he keeps getting like knocked down and right. he keeps fucking up. He drops Aquafina and his sister right. has to save her and exactly. stuff, which right. I think is a real cool thing about like this movie is that yeah he's super badass like in the bus scene he's super badass but yeah. he's also believable because he keeps getting like he keeps getting hits and is right. kind of like still figuring himself out and trying and to get his action, feet right. that's action hero 101 I mean, right. like i think that like if you look at you know the one of, arguably one of the greatest action movies of all time die hard you know if you just take that as a blueprint shot or you know bruce willis is beaten he is he keeps you know, losing. He loses all of all those fights in the movie until the end, you know? Yeah. And that builds character. It makes him more relatable. It makes him more um, like a real person, not a right. superhero. What was funny is until the end of this film, like the end end, 
I turned my friend, I was like, this isn't really like a superhero movie. Right, like, right. It's more of a martial arts movie. Honestly, um, it is, yeah. And, but until the end when he gets the range and, and he's like, oh, this guy, <laughs> he's a superhero. Like, this yeah. dude is crazy. Um, but before that, it, it was just kind of this fantasy martial arts movie, which was yeah. really refreshing um, because... You know, and also, and also on that on that note, it's also interesting because there are superhero presence from the beginning of the movie in the mom and the dad character right. because they have superhuman powers. Right. But Shang Chi doesn't get them until the end, which exactly, is actually right. a really cool like rite of passage sort of right. like evolution for him to really they really hold it off in the beginning where they're really letting the dad be the super villain. Yeah. And and for that to for that that superness to be passed on at the yeah. end of the movie. And which I is also cool. think that um, while I think that I think that the villain of this movie is one of the most interesting and compelling villains Marvel has had in a long time, I still think there's some like issues with how I think it's just like more like towards like how the ending happens and more like how that relationship plays out. It's just it's very like cliche and I found a lot of like like comparisons to Black Panther in this movie. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like similar plot points that happen in this that happen in Black Panther. Um which is like not, not here or there, it's just that that was the there are aspects of this movie that did feel like, all right, this is Marvel shit. You know, this is like typical Marvel stuff, and I have to kind of sit through this, you know? Um, but, like, I I think that it was just a really interesting decision to have his father be the villain, and his father be this, like, really fascinating character. Like, yes. I could watch a whole movie just saw that guy because think about the lives he lived you know yeah i'm really glad you brought that up because um i think that that is sort of so maybe we can kind of transition to talking more about the problematic things about that and dissecting that because i have a lot of things i do have a lot of problems i guess with this movie overall it's a i think it's great yeah and i will want to watch it again because it's really fun to watch Mm -hmm. but the father character is also is interesting because it's one of like the unique and cool things about the movie, but also like the core problem, primarily mm-hmm. in how and I agree with you and how it kind of like resolves and stuff. For me, the father character and that actor, who's another oh, like, icon from awesome. Hong Kong, like awesome. legendary legend yeah. films, he's a great it's a fantastic performance. But the problem with it is that the character to me was still like too shallow and lacking because mm-hmm. the idea was so cool and it worked really well, but they just didn't like, they just didn't get into it enough because they didn't get that, like, the, Max, do you think that's maybe because, you know, this character is so old, you know, he's lived like hundreds of years, like he's like 400 years old or something. Thousand and, years old. He's a thousand oh, he's older years old. Than that, yeah. Like, so there's an element of detachment that the character had to almost, like, you know, that was kind of the main issue when he lost, you know, his wife, his mother, he basically got detached from almost all life and basically wanted to put everything in his power to get her back somehow. Yeah. And with that, 
he just became kind of a character that was almost larger than life. It was almost like very hard to even develop him as a character because he had so much history, you yeah. know, that it was uh, almost I, like, or do, you, or do you have a problem with just the relationship he had with Shang-Chi and that wasn't developed as well as it could have. I think the problem specifically is that it wasn't convincing enough that he would want to steamroll this town. Like, the problem was... Yes. Is the, it, the, it's I, the problem. I totally agree with you. It's his motivation that doesn't work. Yeah. It's like... I it's was, like The whole time, I was, I was like... I was very confused. Yeah, I was confused. I think that was just lost in translation. Like, I think that, like... I, I honestly just don't really know why he wanted to destroy the town. Right. You know? Like, why did he have to do that? Like, that was weak. Know? That was weak. It and and the the whole such like the mom character like the whole beginning sequence like the fairy tales like okay this is another great thing about the movie I love how it opens with the dad and it oh, starts great. in like feudal China and he like is wrecking shit and he like raises to the empire and yeah. it's this legend that and all the awesome like classic like yeah. Hong Kong fantasy right. I love those movies and right. they did that in a Marvel sense it was super sweet yeah. and then they swing just into like the modern Marvel world right. totally dope way to introduce yeah. that great. Yeah. Way the, opening, the the first like thirty minutes of this movie are like really good, perfect, yeah, really good, really good. But they but stand like, out. But the problem that I had is that like I was I was totally into it, but then as soon as like the mom said like I fell for this guy and stuff, and then mm -hmm. like what we saw is that he went back to like being a douchebag. It's just like okay, so you're yeah. telling me that you're telling me that he grew, but he obviously didn't. You know, he yeah. obviously didn't through like the parent thing, and that was like that was that, that whole, was yeah, that was like not convincing enough mm -hmm. to me. And Fair, the mom yeah. just being like a great person, and the dad and him being totally in love with her to be convinced enough, and that like the monster, which was not developed at all and completely uninteresting, and probably should have just been removed oh, from the that, film. Like dark world thing. Yeah, like that was like totally yeah, irrelevant and not interesting. Loved the fucking like that really ended I it with a dragon fight. A kaiju uh, it was a kaiju yeah, fight. Like a kaiju fight. <laughs> uh yeah, like that was like, you know, that that to me felt like very I had zero um, emotional like, investment. Like if in you that. compare this to Wakanda, for example, like the, that what yeah. is what is this world even called? Like the the Tai Tai Tao Tao Low? Tao Low Okay. It's not very developed. Like Right. And something like Wakanda, for example, that felt like an actual kind of community, and you could yeah. even, like, feel like you knew, like, what the threats were in this world and stuff like that. Actually, exactly. This, like, was, like, it, it didn't really... I wish that that part of the movie were developed, and where his mother came from. Because to me, it just felt like, what is this? Like, yeah. is it... Is, why is this... Is this hard to find? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, right. it's really hard to find because of the news. Right. But which was an awesome scene. I love how they got there. Looks well, like the 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 whole news sequence was cool. Um, but like I was still kind of perplexed of like really what it was. Like was it like were these people like it was just, it's weird. I wish I had more. I because it's a right. really cool like setting, and I just wish yeah I had more. 
knowledge so, of what even that dark age world was, you know? So I'm, I'm really glad that this is, you're having, because that's exactly where I have problems with this movie. Like, but up like, until the point. Funny, though, it's like all these, like, problems that I have are, like, all those problems that I have with, like, every world movie. Like, almost every sure. world movie, there's something that is not as developed, you know, that I want to be yes. developed. Yeah. There's always, like, the, the exposition scenes in this movie, I think, were pretty dull. Even though that they did something in this movie that I thought was really funny, where a, I don't know if you noticed this, it was going to happen every time, but when a major, like, superhero thing would happen or an exposition thing would happen, it would do a pretty, like, it would do a funny, like, cutaway to, like, a joke or something, almost mm-hmm. like making, like, poking fun at the Marvel movie cliches, which yeah. I thought was a really, like, fresh way to do it. But at the same time, it's still, like, the scene that I just keep thinking of is when the father, like, introduces, like, the, like, where the world is and that whole, here's all the maps, here's all the research that I've been doing. It's like, dude, this is, you're just explaining the movie for, for everybody. And it's just like, okay, like, I know that the, it's a weird criticism because I know that this is needed. There are kids watching this, you know, and I understand that you need to translate this. But it was just a dull scene. Like, you could have yeah. made it more engaging. You know, like some other Marvel movies have done where the exposition that you're, you need, like, sit at <laughs> the table, here's a map, here's what we need to do, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, stuff. well I just watched Guardians of the Galaxies last night, which is probably oh, nice. my favorite Marvel movie. Now that I've mm-hmm. rewatched it, I realized how fucking amazing Top that movie five, is. for sure. It's incredible. And, and the thing, the, the comparison that I'm talking about, the, the perfect exposition that is done in that movie is when they're all taken in, and it's there, yeah. they're in the crime, and it's the lineup, and you're introducing all the characters. Right. It's it's literally yeah. just exposition, yeah. but it's interesting. Their background and, yeah, yeah, but right. but it's really interesting information. I also thought the uh, the suicide squad, the James Gunn version, actually did a pretty good job of doing that too. Right, but like that kind of stuff is like that is like that that is making exposition filming because you do need to set up your scene you need to make the characters understandable right. to the setting but what that what that that happened in shang chi a lot where there was just like like all these moments where there was all this great momentum and like mm-hmm. up in the first half of the movie well, and then it just yeah. like stops right. it just stops exactly. it's just right. like why right. would you decide to do that well, like, that's like ever. literally the biggest problem i have with like all world right like, really, right I mean, well that's like that's kind of like one of the biggest problems with a lot of movies. It's mm-hmm. really easy to fall into that because Especially you're good budget movies like this. Absolutely, because you're have concerned big, like, overarching stories. And, yeah, you're concerned about the different audiences that are seeing your movie. You know, kids, adults, all yeah. ages. You know, so and I get it. I get it. Like if I was an editor, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I would. You know, it, it's 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 challenging to make those scenes interesting. Yeah, um, but. Uh, the other the other thing I thought was a pretty big problem with it for the second half of the movie is that like I was pretty bored like once they got to like the the village like yeah. the fight scenes were cool but like my emotional investment and like the tension of it like dropped really low yeah. like for the whole like second half of the movie but it was still enjoyable which it, is for like me, a lot of kudos. Up, it up when, um, one of the weirdest things like in a Marvel movie in a long time. 
and I couldn't believe that they did this, was the Ben Kingsley character. Uh, the oh. Mandarin. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who says that was I loved him. <laughs> I, dude, well, it's amazing. But holy crap, what a goop cut. Um, what a goop cut. Um, in my opinion, Arlen 3 is one of the worst horror movies. I really do not like Arlen 3. Um, and for this movie to connect to Arlen 3 was the last thing that I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And, but the connection, I thought, was really cool. How I agree. The I villain, loved it. Like, how it explains the whole Mandarin aspect of me and, and stuff like that. And Ben Kingsley showing up still as prisoner, as this, you know, actor, um, <laughs> was amazing. And he's so... It's Ben Kingsley. He's an incredible, amazing actor. And he's funny as hell in this. He's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, it's so funny and his relationship with the little creature uh, I thought uh, was Morris, adorable. Morris, yeah. yeah, Morris was adorable. What a weird creature! Um, I loved it. I loved, yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, uh, that adorable. was that. That was honestly like um, that whole moment. It was really after like that. He was such a good character. I yeah, love that. I love that character so much. Yeah, that whole great. dynamic was just like. That's like what a side character should be. It like yeah. adds something. It adds flavor to it, but, but it doesn't it, detract. I was just blown away by how much that added to like the MCU. And exactly. Like how weirdly that was that so cool. But it was also bizarre because, like, dude, that is a deep cut. Like Iron Man three came out eight years ago. Yeah. Some kids who are seeing this are going to be perplexed of like <laughs> what who that is. Yeah. What that is. You know, it's such a weird thing. Like, you have to almost see, like, how good what that was. Like, he's still yeah. an entertaining character, but for that to make sense, like, you have to know, like, what happened at the end of Iron Man 3, you yeah. know, and who that character is. Yeah. I think, don't, I, it's I, weird. I think, but I think the strength of the character and what he finds because, because, funny and engaging. But, because the thing that they, that, that was smart about it is that, the information of who he was was relevant to the whole of Marvel, but the information it was it didn't matter who he was. The function he served in the story, yeah, it didn't right. matter. He was just right. a guy who could talk to this creature right, that could right. get them to right. the town. Exactly right. That's all he functioned as, right. and it's right. like it was just yeah. cool that he was not just some random dude because yeah. he could have been. Right. Exactly. He could have just yeah. been some right. random dude. Prisoner. Yeah. But he had like this awesome <laughs> flavor to him, and he was a great character on top of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. another thing, another thing that I thought was really uh, a weakness about it was this overabundance of lame flashbacks and this slash. Yeah, half so of that movie. was like, going to be the next thing that I was going to say, and that it's not. I don't think all the flashbacks are bad. I think it's when they decided to show some some of them. Um, I hate like this is just like a, a, a movie, like a problem how movies in general like that do this. I love the flashbacks of seeing Shang-Chi praying as a kid, and I like that stuff. I thought that was actually pretty important to the relationship he had with his dad and, like, building that up and, and like, yeah. how, and, and his relationship with his sister, um, which was really interesting, and seeing kind of their life before you know, uh, their mom died and things like that. It I was agree. when 
I I understand what editors or directors do this to say. It's, it goes back to the fear that things will be lost in translation. Yes. But, for example, like, the MC when his father's getting sucked suck out and he's locking in his rings, they give us a flash, like, quick flashes to, like, scenes that we've seen before. Exactly. We're like, I dude, I, I've been watching I hate, the movie. I like, I understand that. that. I, I get it in terms of the anime perspective, but it's just, it doesn't, like, yeah, I know, I, I watch, I've been watching the movie, like, we're not dumb. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, I think that they're, I think at the end of the day, my problem is that there are too many of them. I think that, that yeah. the ones that work, work, and then, but I feel like that there are too many, and then, I did like that they were trying to edit them kind of through the film in like an interesting kind of way rather than like one big giant little section where it's like the whole <laughs> you know, the whole flashback sequence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like I, I appreciated that, but I think at some point it, it didn't it didn't quite work. But yeah, that was my other major issue. That's kinda right. it for me. But the my, the problem the problem that I had with like the flat the way that they did the flashbacks, because you're right, the flashbacks are important. They they serve there's a lot of important scenes, like the scenes of them training and then the scene yeah. of him his dad like fucking like godfather oh, style great. going and fucking up those that dudes was awesome. like that yeah. was awesome that was sick it was really or, important to kind of feeling his trauma yeah trauma. the problem for me is that they did it in like the boringest part of the movie like this middle section yeah, right. right it was just yeah, like yeah. they were just wandering around right. this magical village and flashing back to like right. it, like right. shit that i've seen before and it's right. just like i am so yeah. unbelievably bored just yeah, like right. do just do something make yeah, something right. happen like yeah. for real stop showing me shit yeah. and just do something so like yeah. that was the and the, the thing that was like the, that's like the agitating part about that is because of how good the idea was and the characters mm -hmm. were it's just like there's no reason for this to have to slow down this much just, like this is just, so interesting poor pacing in, in that regard i think the second half definitely has some poor pacing but i think the first half is like it's really good. Fucking good. Uh, so fucking also, good. actually, commenting commenting on the first half again, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about how I felt when they went to like the fighting ring that the sisters running. <laughs> yeah, and they show the abomination fighting Wong. It's like, yeah, uh, that's sick. And yeah, right. So one of the things I loved about Shang Chi is how like they were Wong? so confident. Also, just want to say, so happy that Wong is in this movie. And <laughs> he's that great. W Wong is awesome. And I'm yeah, super so happy good. that he's going to be, seems like they're going to give him more of a, a role in yeah. the later films. I fucking really love exciting. that actor. He's so goddamn yeah, he's, good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but um, in that scene, the, it, it, it was so cool to me that Marvel has this confidence that we're familiar enough with like the language of Marvel and superheroes mm -hmm. and stuff that it wasn't about introducing like going from like normal like New York to like Marvel New York. It's like, right. no, we're already in the Marvel Universe, baby. It's like it's, we're, yeah, that's we're in really, it already. That's a really, really good point is that this movie did have a – I think that was like what I was trying to get at earlier is that this has such a – a vibe, like more of a vibe of like you're watching a Marvel movie. You know, yeah. it has more of like a like a feeling that it's not trying to be as maybe grounded as some other films try to be. Like it, like Guardians, for example, is like very much like like we're having fun here. We're not trying yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. It just had 
Cinematics. Yeah, like like compare this or this to this movie or Guardians to the first Thor, right? right. It's like that movie right. was like was like introducing superhero into boring ass yeah. black and white yeah. fucking world, and it yeah, right. was so boring, like yeah, relative right. to this. But like then like and that's why Thor Ragnarok works so much better because right. it's just like A that style, world, the, the colorful yeah. Marvel right. experience, and Shang Chi got that they got that really right. Yeah. But it's not like the the cool thing about Marvel is that like it's not it's not redundant. It doesn't feel redundant yeah. or overused. Somehow. It's just it's a style. It's becoming yeah. it's becoming right. a style or genre of itself. Like the right. the the Marvel kind of the, the Marvel feel to cool. it and stuff. And I think also that something that maybe I would talk is I talk is really funny. There's some yeah. really yeah. good humor in this. Um, that, you know, you, you come to, like you were saying, like, it comes to, as part of the Marvel experience is the Marvel humor. Um, sometimes, like, I think the last few, like, I, I mean, Captain Marvel I thought was pretty unfunny. You know, like, there, there's been some misses that haven't worked, but I thought this was one of the, this really made me laugh. There are some, there are some scenes that actually made me genuinely laugh. Like, yeah. like that bus scene with the, the goons like twit streaming and he's like yeah, that, was great. that was hilarious <laughs> and he was like commentating over it that was so good and Aquafina's kind of uh while like I thought I can't believe I like this I usually don't like it movies when characters like the fish out of water thing when yeah. they are they're put but I thought Aquafina was hilarious like the way that she was reacting to all these things and yeah. I just thought it was really like like fresh and funny and yeah. she just played it so well well I think also actually on that point specifically I thought they did a really interesting job of making it so that like uh, Aquafina and Shang-Chi were both kind of like what the fuck's going right. on That's really and they had yeah, like they fun. had like that duality of that, that the sort of like duo experience where even though Shang-Chi yeah. had like more concept of it he was still very much like this was his first foray into yeah. this, you know. Right. He didn't really know what was going on, right. and right. that—that's actually kudos to that actor because that's like a really subtle thing to have to do mm -hmm. to still be the charismatic superhero, but also be like a yeah. dumb dolt on top of that no, and, he, and still I be mean, relatable. He's, he's great. I mean, he I was think really we, good. I think we just scratched the surface. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if they make, you know, they're gonna make another one of these most likely, and um, and I. And I don't know. They're, they're literally they're they're. It seems to me that they're making him. He might be in Doctor Strange too. You That'd know, be they, cool. they might, That'd be like, really cool. They might. I don't know. It seems like they might be introducing him because after you see this, he's powerful. He is. These rings <laughs> are not. You know, they are something else. You know, yeah. they are something otherworldly, and so he. And that, how he defeats the dragon at the end was fucking crazy. Uh -huh. um, so, <laughs> so you're like, okay, this guy is pretty powerful. So I don't know, like, I hope that he, it seems like he might be a big role in, yeah. in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, which is fucking cool. Because it's yeah. like, it's not, like, it's funny because after Endgame, I was kind of like, oh, I wonder where they're going with this. I'm honestly excited because it's all these characters that I have no idea 
who they are. Like, right, you know, you know that who's was... Spider-Man are, you know who... And it's just cool to see, like, Shang-Chi, who's a really fucking cool character. And just, like, a, and a unique one. Like, his powers are really... He's, like, this martial arts, martial arts master, but he has these cool, like, rings that, like, he's able to, like, manipulate. We don't even know what the rings can really do. Like, we gotta even scratch the surface of, like, what the power of them are you know yeah. obviously yeah. it gives you eternal life and power and things like that but who knows there might be some other dimension i mean they're leading to that they come from somewhere otherworldly you know so yeah i, I mean know. i think Exciting. i think that, that that was something that i was really surprised by because i was fully confident that i would be just not interested in like this or i wasn't fully confident i was just kind of feeling like I don't know if I'm going to be into the second phase of the Marvel yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, like, I think, I think most people are. It's just like we came to a good ending. Dude, Why should I care anymore? I'm but telling like, you, if, if the Colonels is great and the Spider-Man movie is great, yeah. I'm going to be. I'm gonna be Honestly, I watched the Eternal trailers for Shang-Chi, oh. and I was kind of hyped. I thought Dude, it was pretty cool. The trailer looks awesome. The <laughs> trailer looks sick. awesome. That's okay. Well, uh, the speaking woman, of like, the, the woman Eternals. who directed Eternals is a great filmmaker. She oh, did this movie oh, called No Nagland that came out oh, last cool. year. That yeah, is yeah. a really beautiful movie, in my opinion. Yeah, but everybody, but. Eternals, Eternals is really exciting to me because unlike a Cast lot of... A lot of other, a lot of movies just are just kind of like this idea without any real idea behind it. But Eternals mm -hmm. are cool because you have these comic book characters, but there's also like a story idea being pitched in the trailer. It's like gather the team, right? Which is what Avengers was, but it's like gather, gather like this new kind of like underlying team and also the potential of how it relates to other, you know, how it relates to the other like Marvel universe. Right. It's just like really cool to me. Like that's like, this could have a lot of potential because yeah, the gather the team stereotype obviously works. And this seems interesting enough for me to want to yeah. watch this again. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Man. Like it, I don't even know. I, I don't even want to look up anything anymore. Cause I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the way our relationship with the Marvel movies right now, where it's just like, I just, I'm not getting hyped or anything. I'm almost right. just like, like, just going to I'm the theater go and have a blast. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, because um, I think hype kills things. I really yeah. do. Um, and it's hard to not get hyped for certain things. But, like, I mean, I'm hyped for Spider Man. But it's. But it's Spider-Man, yeah. and I'm especially hyped for this new one, obviously because of what they're doing, uh, you know, and bringing Doc Ock and uh, all this, the Raimi universe, which is absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's already going to get me hyped, yeah. but <laughs> um, I just hope it works. I hope it's not, like, convoluted. I hope... Yeah, I, I I really want to see that and have the Raimi shit like work and not right. be like right. But I have no reason not to doubt them, you know, because they've been doing such a good job so far. And there's only a few Marvel movies that I, that have come out in the last few years that I not like, you know. Um, so that's you know that's kind of a testament that I was thinking about with Marvel as I was driving to Shang Chi to watch it. I was realizing how impressive it is that they made these movies. And I can go in with a certain amount of guarantee that this movie is going to be at least watchable and enjoyable, which is honestly quite 
they just have a really good formula. Exactly. They perfected this formula that is good. Like, it's a good formula. It's better than maybe, like, 80s action movie formula, you know? It's just a good formula, and it's allowing filmmakers to make it their own, you know? Like, this movie definitely had... Some criticism I have of some Marvel movies is that they don't feel like it's directed by a person. Uh, mm-hmm. This feels like it's directed by a person. Right. Well, and well, he and Marvel, had an idea. You know? And Mar- Marvel has always kind of had that. That's kind of like the dilemma that Marvel has because Marvel movies are forced to be like production line production, right? Yeah. They're assembly line type of films. But Marvel get, movies sometimes do Sometimes you good... get a James Gunn, for example, who right. that is a James Gunn movie. You know? But it's the balance of like that passion versus the assembly line, yeah. right? Because right. they, it, it, the, like practice. Speaking in practical, literal terms, it has to get made through an assembly line. Like, mm-hmm. okay. But they also do the work of blending it, pushing that passion to be behind it to make it not feel. And sometimes it fucking doesn't work. Like, really doesn't work. Yeah. And sometimes it does really work. Right. But yeah. that's kind of like the challenge of like these movies, I feel like. It's like making it, make, like what you said, making it feel human, making it feel relatable. Yeah. Exactly. Has life. Like, I think that this one does. I agree. It's very surprising. Because very surprised, I just would never have thought that this was so fun. Like, I totally want to see it again. You know, I had yeah, a too. blast watching this. I it's just really a... want to see those action scenes again. I know, they're so, so good. Amazing. It's just really nice to see a film that's, like, almost fully, like, Asian cast, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not just a token piece. It's not, like, just, like, I a think token that's like Asian kind of, film. By comparison to uh, Black Panther and how, right. uh, I think... If I were to compare the movies, I think Black Panther is probably the most similar to this movie. Because of story and just kind of overall vibe. Um, and yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool that this had legit always in cast. And, and, yeah, it's really awesome. But what's cool is that not only did it have an always in cast, it's embracing Chinese culture and doing things that um, maybe, you know, 10 years ago that we Marvel would have been scared to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just cool that uh, we're just getting more diverse, you know, movies like this. What I, um, what I liked also about Shang-Chi... filmmaker. Right. Uh, yes. Okay, that's... I'm glad... I wasn't yeah. sure about that, so I'm glad that yeah, that's the case. Sure. But um, the thing that was I also really commend Shang-Chi for is how they, they, they presented like the the chinese qualities of like in culture in in terms of literal chinese culture but yeah, also um, in right. like film history and the way that they made yeah. it and it really made it feel like it wasn't appropriation to me i don't know how an oh, asian no. person would feel oh, I don't but like so. for me it was like a really refreshing to just see it's just like this is a really invigorating and inspired way to include this stuff and it wasn't just i wish i could think of an example of that's done bad but it's not coming to mind but like but like so oftentimes you see shit where when you do stuff like that it just turns into like this superficial yeah. like like uh, like appropriate appropriation of like looks yeah, just to make it like look more flashy or interesting but it's just like yeah. so shallow but this yeah. really it had like a lot of substance and like that idea to it which was yeah um they definitely took really care. cool they took care of it they, they didn't treat it like it was uh an afterthought like they right. treated it like it was part of the movie as they should have you know yeah um, yeah man, this is a fun uh, shit movie 
pretty fucking um, exciting. Pretty exciting, just in terms of, you know, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I never really, I just really didn't think I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, me I wish I wish we could do a test where we could like rewind time and play this when all the other Marvel movies are coming out and see yeah. what, how like people would talk about it. I'm really curious you, about uh, it. Like the, so kind of like a post credit scene. Oh with, yeah, uh, you mean with the, Wong the, the, and, the first uh, one? Yeah, with Wong and Captain Marvel and, and Hulk. I thought that was great. I yeah, thought that was super cool. That was awesome. I, I love the... I love the MC when Wong shows up and they're like explaining to their friends and like yeah. what they did and stuff. And I love that. I and thought... also, oh, another like, quick point is that you said earlier to kind of connect to that, where they were already in Marvel world, you know? Yeah. I thought it was really cool because I, I kind of forgot. We live in a world where, like, in the Marvel world that, like, half of the population disappear you know yeah and we live in this world and they reference it in this movie um yeah. and i like that we live in a world like that uh they, like the people in the restaurant know who long is you know what i mean yeah like right, that right, they, right. like everyone's like oh it's long you know like and he just like that people are not surprised you know that people like that exist and that doesn't really happen in Marvel movies a lot where like pedestrians like see the superheroes and interact with the superheroes and i thought that yeah. was a pretty i don't know that was just like cool it made, the, it made the world feel more real you know you know actually this is kind of like a tr just kind of hitting me about how meta that that what you're talking about yeah, is. Yeah. because the the fact of it is that the reason why that works so well is because the world knows who these characters are exactly so yeah. you can present the public knowing because the public does know exactly, the public right. does you don't have to do any work to so, make that yeah. believable so because like kind of more like a fun it looks like more fun you know yeah. it's just like um, but I'm, is, what I'm really curious about is how um, Spider-Man's going to do it. Because, you know, right. everybody knows Peter Parker, and, like all these things, and how that, maybe that kind of element is going to be tied into that film, you know, in some way. I, I kind of, okay, I'll say this now, and I don't want to be too butthurt about it because I am really excited about Spider-Man, but I, I am really hoping that they're not going to do it by, by by the end of the movie everyone forgets. Like that's what I'm kind of worried about. That they're gonna <laughs> do it. Wipes out. They like they I like but not like wiped out everybody, but they like they like change the timeline. Like I, I don't like, want it to oh. be the change the timeline type of story. I don't know, man. I don't know what I, they're gonna do. Like they're change they're setting it up to be it like that's what he's attempting like to do, but I want him to fail. I, I it seems like they didn't go back in time. It seems like a, like dimensions are being like right. Doctor Strange fucked up like dimensional time but right. it's not like a time travel thing right it, right right it looks bizarre like i mean right. i watched it a few times and it i mean i don't want to spoil loki but loki has some some cool shit like that <sighs> i need to so see that i would hope that they're not because that would just be like a recycled thing from i don't think they're gonna do it because that's just like ending yeah or, yeah, you know, like, going back in time and changing the timeline. That's just I, what Endgame I, I hope so. Well, really, like, even even if it is Dimensions, I just don't want it to be by, like, by the end of the movie, no one knows who Spider-Man is. I want it to be that everyone knows who Spider-Man is, even oh, by I, the end I, of the I movie. Oh, I think it will be. I okay. think it will be. I, think it, I hope I, so. I, I hope so. Because that will just make it, not only will that make it, um, I love this Spider-Man now. Because <laughs> that will make it, 
um, unique and you stand out. Like, right. Because right now, like, the Marvel Spider-Man is definitely, I think, stands out between the Raimi universe and the, they're definitely different. It but really, that would yeah. really make it different. That right. it this really, Spider-Man really is known, would. you know, the Peter Parker to the world. Like, that would be, like, really cool. Yeah. So, and open, why not do that? More opportunities for story. I know. It's just like, it just, it, it seems like it has more p- potential to go that way. But it, it, I, anyways, I'm not, I won't worry about it too much because it's like, it's just cool. I'm, I'm just excited about our new Spider Man. Yeah. It's just like, if they, if they do do that at the end, it's just like, well, if the movie's good, I'll deal with it. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it might get, I don't know, man. After watching Loki, my suspicions with, like, they, and, like, the Iron Man 3 connection of this, they are are just going weird. Like, they can, they have confidence, they have confidence that they can do shit like that. Like, something yeah. really weird. Like, that they could, like, the movie might end, and it's, like, they, Spider-Man exists in a different dimension. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's just where he lives. And you have, yeah. like, Earth 2. And you yeah. have to, like, now people have to be like, oh yeah, Spider-Man's on Earth too. Like that might be a, like I don't know, man. They, yeah, they, right. They, right. They're going towards this route, same as WandaVision, that it, they are experimenting with just the idea of different, you know, dimensions, different worlds that exist within <sighs> the same world. Oh, man, really I, I've bizarre. been able, I've been able to fend it off, but you're really making me want to get a subscription to Disney Plus so I can watch all you these get shows. A free, yeah, you get a, get a uh, free one. Just binge Loki. I think you'll like Loki a lot. Loki's really weird. Yeah. Definitely one of the weirdest things Marvel's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah, it was fun to talk about Marvel because we haven't done it in a long time. It's, it's um, funny that it's so refreshing. It was a really good time yeah. for me because I was really feeling something like this i've been yeah, wanting man. like a fun movie like this for a while and this really kind of satiated my palate in yeah, a man. really good way yeah I'm, I'm super excited for eternals and spider-man eternals comes out in november like that's not long from oh, now that's cool um, and yeah, then a cool. month later spider-man comes out in december very which cool. is really fun yeah um so well, I, I think it's safe to say that this is definitely thick thick and, and butter, butter up 100 um yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this and you got to this end and you're still skeptical and seeing it, and you, if you like the other Marvel movies there, like, if somebody liked all the Marvel movies and said they did it like this one, that genuinely would make, like, zero sense to me. I'd be like, pretty surprised, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is just, like, I don't, I, I can't see if you are already, if you're already on board, you're gonna like this. Like, yeah. you're, you're gonna like it. Um, and so, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for listening, watching. Um, we, I don't know what we're doing next week. Me neither. Um, <laughs> no clue. I see a new movie, I don't know. I don't know what comes out next week or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know the movie schedule right now. Anyway, um, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that shit, all that jazz. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.